snaps, this shit crazy. Yo, people, this is the Trophy Room. It is Thursday, July 29th. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Yes, I know more news on Aaron Rodgers. We're talking about some COVID protocols. We're talking about what makes a quitter and what doesn't. Plus, we got a new segment today called Jackson Juxtaposition. Yes, I just tried to find a word, way to use juxtaposition in the show. Uh, If you're listening to the podcast, wherever you are, please go give us a five-star review. It would help out a ton. Tell your friends about the show. Go support the boys. I'm your host, Brett Hammer, alongside a man who is dying of COVID right now. That is Jackson Garlitz. That's Jackson with the X instead of that CKS. Go find him on YouTube. Search Jackson Garlitz. He's the first one up. As always, catch me on Instagram at BHammerTime with the extra E. The account for the show on the gram is Trophy Room Radio. We're also working on getting a visual on YouTube if you're into that. So that's just some news to come. Jackson, how are we? We are currently regretting getting the vaccine. I, yesterday, yesterday I went in and I got the second Pfizer vaccine. Um, I had COVID in September of last year. And then I went and got the COVID, the second COVID dose yesterday. And everything was fine. Arm was a little sore, but other than that, everything was good. And then I woke up this morning, and I felt and looked like death. Um, I it's it felt like I had COVID, and it still feels like I have COVID. It it it's one of those things where I think everybody should be vaccinated. I think it's a good decision, um, especially if you're older and you're in a risk group. I really do think it's a good idea. That being said, holy cow, like people it hurts it freaking sucks like it basically it feels like you have been given covid and it feels worse this time than it did last time uh just my personal experience my anecdotal take on it but that that second shot it is not something you play with it sucks yeah dude because when we when i first pulled you up because you know how like when you know how sometimes you be watching like a tv like when you're on a plane and you watch a movie that somebody else is watching but you don't have the audio and so you you end up reading the body language a lot more because you don't know what's being said and you feel like uh you feel more observant i guess is the word when i first pulled you up and we like we were figuring out the audio and i could just look at you i was like this dude is so pissed like you looked like you wanted to drive your fist through that computer monitor behind you you looked just so unreasonably upset so i'm glad to hear it sounds like you're doing like a little bit better sounds like you have a better attitude than the body language i was reading here's some good news for you though so i don't know if a lot of people know this so we can actually track how many people are listening to the show obviously our most listened to show was your first day on the trophy room. So like applause for Jackson. Look at you out here pulling weight over here without me. So uh, yeah, good news. Just uh, just to boost your spirits a little bit since you sick af. <laughs> Thank you everybody for listening. Uh, everybody for participating. It really helps out a lot and it really means a lot that people would listen. Um, and yeah, sick af. That's a pretty good way to describe it. Just totally. don't want to even say anything. It's, you know, you know, when you're sick, right and you're um like it's when you're so sick that you don't even want to like do anything you just sit there and you just look at the wall and you're just waiting to either die or be better and you don't really care which one like (laughs) it's one of those things where you're just like honestly like if this is covid like end it hey yo if it's my time to go it's my time to go if it's my time to go it's my time to go Dude, that phrase scares a lot of people. And look, like, I'm not trying to die, but, like, if it really is my time to go, like, I am not honestly, like, 
not yeah i don't know again i don't have a death wish but like you know what like it's not the end of the world it is the end of the world but like it's really not it's one of those things right where you have conversations and you think about it like in your own head and if you believe in god right or some sort of entity that controls everything then when you're supposed to die what are you going to do escape and if you believe like we live in a simulation like when you need to die you need to die that is an interesting theory the simulation one it's interesting. People are people always talk about self determinism, and you do have a degree of self of like of will of self determination that you do have, but you do work within a system, right? Like there is an aspect of a system that you work within, and like if you're gonna die, I'm sorry, you're gonna die, and what are you gonna do? Change this? No, you won't get out of here. You, like if you believe we live in a simulation, like it's all predetermined. If you believe in God, it's all predetermined make good decisions right exercise self-will where you like where you have the capacity to but this idea that like oh my gosh like if i if only if only live every single day of your life like it's your last but just know if god wants to like remove you he'll remove you and he's not going to have an issue doing it bro if the time variance authority wants to remove me from the timeline then so be it oh it's such a good show Honestly, i love that just a quick a quick side thing just for me I, that's what i do like on my youtube channel is i like review content movies culture things like that okay and when it comes to disney plus i think it has been unbelievably underwhelming um except for two shows mandalorian obviously has been yes hype as freak and loki loki has been really good captain america uh, not captain america falcon and the winter soldier wasn't my favorite i liked um, falcon i liked the action i thought they had i think that my issue was i think that falcon and winter soldier did action better than any other disney tv show and i felt loki didn't do as great on the action but the story and the plot was better than any other disney tv show it's just that the again not to go political into it but with loki you're watching a story about a yes. character with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's very transparent, the yes. direction that Disney's headed with that one. And I think there are lots of times where people don't understand. Like, people live in their own bubbles. I think you yeah, would agree yeah. with that. People have bubbles, right, that create blind spots. And the problem is that when you're Disney and you live in California, right, that's, like, where you're based. True. And that that's where everything, like, the social norms are that of California. People don't seem to understand at that company that if you bank on 50% of the country agreeing with and watching your content, then 50% of the country will agree and watch your content, and the other 50% isn't going to do that. And and so it's this thing where I'm like, listen, like, when it comes to TV shows, I don't care that you have an agenda, right? Like, every single TV show has an agenda. Yes. It's just that you have, need to be op- you need to be open about it. If you're open about being liberal or conservative, then you and I won't have a problem. If you want to pretend like you're objective, yes, that's... You're, you're not objective. Everybody has a bias. And as long as you acknowledge that, honestly, I think it's a really good thing. I think it's extremely healthy. Yeah. Like, whatever you are, literally just own it. Like, my, look, like, when I, my least, this is my least favorite thing about people from Utah. And I, I look, I, I don't hate Utah at all. But this is my least favorite thing about people from Utah is when you meet someone who's from Utah and you're outside of Utah, you ask them where they're from, and they either go, well, I was born in Utah, but, or I'm technically from Utah, but, or I'm, I'm like, dude, I don't care where you're from. Whatever you are, literally just own it. Like, confidence is key, right? And I'm with you on the whole Disney Plus thing. It's like, look, dude, like, 
I had no problem with Captain America being black. I thought, um, what's his name? The guy who played uh, Falcon, whatever his name, Anthony Mackie, phenomenal job. But I just felt like there were a couple of things that were a little extra. I would, I, I love uh, conspiracy theories. I don't always subscribe to them, but I think that they're very interesting stories. Um, I've always found the uh, the idea that we're in a simulation very significant, even though I know we're supposed to be talking sports, so we're going to. But I, I think at some point the simulation thing would be an interesting topic to dive into. But speaking of polarization, before we go to uh, our segment called Jackson's Juxtaposition, yes, I said juxtaposition. Um, that's a really hard word just in case you didn't know. It's really hard to say. But uh, we're going to talk about polarization because there are people who are a little rowdy about the whole deal with Simone Biles. But I I don't feel like we actually really hit as much as we needed to yesterday. So I wanted to hit it just a little bit more for a couple more minutes because this is is my whole issue with it. I totally understand it. Like if I – again, we talked about this yesterday. Like I I support therapy. Like – I know anxiety is real. Like I'm sure lots of people either have friends, spouses, whatever, siblings that deal with anxiety. It is a very, very real thing. That's not what we're disputing here. What I'm disputing is the fact that I feel like a little bit we're sub- celebrating quitting and calling it courage. And I'm, and I'm not saying that we should railroad Simone Biles either because I don't think that's fair. Like, look, dude, it's a game. It is an Olympics. Like... But I, but this is this is the thing, you have to understand. You talked about just two seconds ago. You got to understand who your audience is, and I understand. Like Simone Biles, you probably don't wish that the weight of the world was on your shoulders, and that you have like, if you want to be someone who was out here saying like, I support that women do this, and I want all these girls to look up to me so that they know that they can be great. I love that. But we can't then look at it and say, okay, well. Look, I get it. That sucks for her because I think one of the things that we learned, um, I think yesterday or maybe it was today, that she, the the a lot of this anxiety and stress was coming from uh, Larry Nasser, right? My thing is, look, um, who had this? I can't remember who had the same issue the other day, but it's like when you want to be famous, you don't. That's not a f- flip that you get to switch on and off, like. It is either like you, you have people, you have eyes on you all the time or not at all. And I think if you're Simone Biles, again, we're not knocking on mental health, but I'm saying, I feel like in this situation, again, you were like, what was, she was like, like one round away. She was in the finals of the event. And so my thing is, I feel like if you're in that situation, that cannot be the first time anxiety hit you, first of all. And second of all, I'm just not down with quitting it, calling it courage, because I feel like what would have been ideal in the situation. And again, like I'm not living with her consciousness or her, uh, whatever. I feel like the best thing for her to do would have for her to have been out and come out and been like, look, I am severely like feeling anxious or PTSD or feeling trauma or whatever, because that's a very real thing, but I'm going to push through anyway, because I want all of these girls who look up to me to know that they can push through as well. And then, cause like, Okay, so you quit, like, I don't, maybe I shouldn't use the word quit. I don't know if that offends people. I don't really care. Like, Simone Biles can do whatever she wants to do with her life. I'm going to do whatever I want to do with mine. Like, you're going to quit one round before you would have, like, meddled. And you, like, you're the leader of that team. That's my other thing is, like, 
if you want to if you want to have these positions like if you want to be the greatest of all time then you get to have all these eyes on you and you get to have you get to be the leader of the team there are responsibilities that come with that and i just feel like there's a little bit of hook being let off on this and it, i just wish I, I i fear the road of quitting and calling it courage so i want to correct something that i said yesterday that i realized afterwards um might have been misconstrued when I made the comment about um, financially well-off individuals um, having a higher suicide rate than people who report. I'm not looking at any other distinguisher besides financial class. That's the only thing I was looking at. So I'm not looking at whether or not the person is LGBTQ. Oh, okay, I'm okay. not looking at race or anything like that. I'm looking at specifically class. It seems to be a privilege of people who are wealthy, right, and successful in life by those kind of metrics to hurt themselves and kill themselves and suffer from things like that. So that's the only thing I wanted to clarify on that end. When it comes to this story, I my problem is labels, where Simone Biles didn't just withdraw from, it would be one thing for someone to withdraw from personal events, right? She withdrew from team events. She sandbagged the American team. Like she sandbagged them. She wrecked them. They didn't meddle. And she's also withdrawing for her own individual events. It's the, a really good way for me personally to tell whether or not what I'm thinking is logically sound is that I change the individual that I'm applying the standard to and I mm. see if it's the same. Because if I, if I change the individual and the standard changes, then I'm not being logical and I'm not being reasonable and I'm not being consistent. I can so with that. Let's, put, let's put it this way. Let's say Super Bowl okay. this year, rematch, Buccaneers and the Chiefs. And Tom Brady goes into the Super Bowl and then after one quarter says, hey, I don't have it today, and gives it to the backup. What would we call that? Well, like, what would it's be funny all- that you say that because there's literally a story, and I forgot about this. Um, I didn't remember this. Sorry, I wa- I am only interrupting you because this. Is, I literally just saw this before we started the show. Vontae Davis is a. I believe he's either a linebacker or a DB for the Buffalo Bills. He quit at. He retired at halftime during a game versus the Chargers. I remember that one. So similar, similar situation. Like that is a real. That is a very real thing that has happened. Right. If you quit for any reason, people are going to attach. And I think this is fair. If Tom Brady was to quit after the first quarter, people would say that he choked. Yeah. Right? If it wasn't because of injury, people would say that he choked. If LeBron James, regardless of what you think about him, decided that after one quarter, like eight points, right? Not the most amazing quarter, but like a decent quarter, that he was not going to play the rest of game seven and screwed his team, we would all be calling for his head on a pike metaphorically tomorrow in terms of his reputation. Every single Jordan stand would come out of the woodwork yeah. and say, like, he's not, he, there's no way he's better than Jordan. So can and I so ask a question? When it come, can I ask a question for sure. you on that? Do you think, and maybe this is a scary road to go down. I don't know if you don't feel comfortable answering this. We don't have to. Do you think part of that is, if, is there a gender component to that? 100% there is. And listen, it's that male athletes aren't treated that way. If a male athlete chokes, like we, we've talked about Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons will never, ever live down that playoff series. It will 
come back to haunt him for the rest of his like playing career. It doesn't matter how many championships he wins. People will always bring up that series, right? When when you talk about um, the Jazz, right? Stockton and Malone, mm-hmm. probably the best duo to never win a ring. True. And what's the one th- like? What's always the knock? They didn't win a ring, and they were unbelievable. Malone is one of the best scorers that the NBA has yeah, ever seen. Yeah, top five. Stockton has the the highest assist record out of any player to ever play, and he's held yep. that for years and years and years and years. And there have been more athletic players that have played, right? Like, it's that if you apply this to other people, the standard doesn't follow. And so that's how you can tell that there's a double standard. Listen, my big thing is that I don't – I have friends who are calling Simone Biles a coward. That's garbage. Yeah, I'm not She's with not that. She's not a coward, right? She's not a coward. Right, but also calling it heroism, like bravery is being scared to do something and doing it anyway because it's the right thing to do or because it's the thing you need to yes. do. And so when it comes to like Simone Biles withdrawing from that competition, here's my other thing. Simone Biles, like in the original New York Times story that I read, the issue came in her flip when she lost track of where she was in the air, which is scary. Yeah. Right? That's a scary thing. Um, and then she was like, I didn't want to hurt my teammates by withdrawing from the competition. You hurt your team and made it. So like, here's a really, here's another angle to look at it. Most gymnasts go to one or two Olympics in their life. Most gymnasts will go, will have their first Olympics anywhere from like 16 to 18 to 20 years old. Okay. And then if they're lucky, they will go again at anywhere from 20 to 24 it's very rare that they would compete more than that because the lifespan of a gymnast is extremely short. There are girls who will never go again to the Olympics, and they got shafted because their teammate decided to withdraw from the team event and ensure that they didn't get a medal. Like, if you think about it from that perspective, like, and I'm not saying it's the only perspective that matters, right? But this idea that, oh my gosh, like, it, it's true heroism to be authentic. Well... No, not when it comes at the expense of your teammates who may never have this opportunity again. And not only will they not have this opportunity again, she withdrew because she got the jitters. And if you're fearful of getting injured, it makes sense to me to withdraw from the individuals because you don't want to put yourself more at risk than you usually are. But in terms of national pride, you go out there to compete for something bigger than yourself. And so this idea that like, oh my gosh, like I'm doing so much – I just don't like labeling this. It, it's, 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 people make decisions every single day. They don't make good and evil decisions. People yeah. make decisions that are better than others. Some people make decisions that they wish they could have back. Some people make decisions, like every single decision is usually some sort of mix. Obviously there are clear boundaries, um, but there's usually like a mix of decisions that people make throughout the day. Um, and not all of them are one way or the other. And so I think at the end of the day, a really easy way to look at this is she choked objectively. She choked. But that doesn't define her entire career. She's still exactly. one of the most decorated athletes to ever play. It's just that for the rest of her, like like for the rest of her life, it's that LeBron James, for all the crap that he gets, is secure in his legacy that regardless of the fact that he lost six finals appearances so far, he's won other finals appearances in multiple places. He's he's won finals in three different on three different teams. Yes. So it's baked in what. Simone Biles is attempting to do in her comments is to rewrite history and make it Ooh. so that this doesn't count. It doesn't count against her against her legacy. And it's like, no, I'm sorry. When we think about Michael Phelps, we will always think about like the marijuana conviction. 
right, that caused all those problems with him. Yeah. When we think about Jordan, we will think about the gambling. We will think about um, his hyper-competitiveness and how it, like, ended his career early. We will think of, when we talk about LeBron, we will always think about the politics that come in when it comes to LeBron's social issues and him basically vilifying half the country. That's always going to be a thing when you talk about LeBron, as well as, like, his finals losses. When we talk about Simone Miles, your actions do have consequences. And it doesn't mean that you're a bad person, but your actions have consequences, and this is going to be a part of your legacy, and it's because you made that decision, and you need to own it. This idea that you're going to run yes. away and say, I was brave. I was brave to do that. No, 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 no. You made a decision, and that's okay. It doesn't yeah. make you a bad person, but you're not brave for doing yes. that. Yes, and things do not have to be, like, mutually exclusive. Not everything has to be polar. It doesn't have to be one way or the other. Some things can just mean nothing, and to me, this is, like, this is, in the grand scheme of things, like, this to me is nothing. Like, is Simone Biles just the absolute worst person in the world? And am I going to go attack her on Twitter because of what she did? No. But am I no, going and to if call... You, and if you do do that, you, like, you have a problem and you need to get yourself checked out. Yeah, I'm, I've never been, I've never understood, like, look, you can come and trash LeBron for whatever, but, like, like I don't know, I... Not again. Not everything has to be polar. Simone Biles isn't the worst person in the world, but she's also not a hero. Like, I'm with you. I I can understand the mental health component. My thing is, I if there really is a mental health component, like I'm having a hard time believing this is the first time that she encountered it. And I mean, I'll tell you what. Like, I've never been in therapy. I've never been in therapy. Look, so so I'll be straight with everybody. So one of the things that like I struggle with that me and my therapist work on is sometimes physical contact with other people is hard for me because of experiences in my past. My therapist does not say to me, okay, you should no longer engage in physical contact with other people. You know what she says? She says you should engage in that and mentally train yourself that it is okay. You are safe. You are not under attack. My therapist encourages me when I'm feeling anxious about certain things to try and assimilate into my, myself into that situation the easiest as possible. My thing to Simone Biles is like, girl, like, it, like you said, it's one thing for you to drop out on, on your own. And, and to me, if that's the case, look, dude, like it's a sport. It's not that big of a deal. Go live your life. But also you don't get to do what you don't get to have all of the reward without any of the risk. And you engaged in risk and it ended up not working out in your favor where lots of people saw you make the choice that you made. And that's fine. Like go live your life however you want. You shouldn't care about what other people think. My thing is this. It's that you, this you're is, not entitled. Like, like the thing I would just add, like before you go is like, you are not entitled to change other people's perception of you because you don't like their perception. Yes. You are. You make your decisions and then other people get to choose how they feel about you. You do not get to micromanage everybody's feelings because they don't fit your view of reality. This isn't high school or elementary school where the teacher gets to go around and tell everyone, oh, well, like, not, like just don't hate Johnny. It's like, yeah, okay, well, I'm, I'm a grown man. I'm going to have whatever opinion I want. This is my opinion of Simone Biles. Anyone who's played sports, who played a team sport, understands this. There are honestly times that I did not want to go to football practice at all because football practice is sometimes the worst thing in the world. And sometimes games aren't honestly... I, like, sometimes games are hard. But a lot of the times, you know what motivated me? A, the fact that I didn't want to look like a quitter. B... Because I just loved the dudes around me. I was homies enough with my teammates that I was like, look, dude, like we got to get this done. And if I quit, then everybody else is going to want to quit. And I'm going to go out and work because I know they're going to work for me. So we're not attacking Simone Biles for everything that she is or everything that she isn't. 
It's the fact that there are other people on that team who are going to probably win a gold medal, but they didn't because of a choice that she made. And I don't think it would have killed her. Her anxiety, I, I just have a hard time believing. Again, we don't know. We're not in her shoes, but I have a hard time believing that her anxiety would have physically eaten her alive had she chosen to not compete in this one team event and com- quit all of the other individual ones. I just think at the end of the day, you make decisions and there are consequences for decisions. And yep. This idea that you get to rewrite history because you don't like how other people view it is so it, – it's it's a level of authority – like it's a level of emotional authoritarianism that like astounds me. Ooh. Like Lebr- LeBron James, right, it, it will always have the six finals losses over his head. There's nothing he can do about that. That dude the other day – Crossed one billion dollars in total earnings in sports. Do you think he cares? He does no, not because- care about a single thing you have to say about him on Twitter, and honestly, neither should Simone. And and she shouldn't care about people on Twitter either. But what you should do is realize that people are allowed to have opinions about things that you do. And at the end of the day, you don't have to care because this is America, and you don't have to care what other people think of you. But in the same vein, other people can look at you, and they can make a decision, a judgment call on your legacy for them personally and you don't get to control that this this nope. micromanaging that comes from it's like it's like kevin durant levels of like needing to micromanage his legacy but i feel like Bro, we like, all assume that that dude's an idiot like when he does it we're like okay well kevin durant's stupid but when people do it to simone biles it's oh well she's a really nice girl and she is a really nice girl but here's the thing this is this is where i will leave it at and then we can move on and you can say whatever you want the only place the uniformity of opinion exists is North Korea, and that's not a path that I ever plan on wanting to follow. And at the end of the day, like, the more that you need to have control over the narrative, the more that it signals that you are insecure and unable to accept the result that you don't like. Yep. And it's, it's at, at the end of the day, when it comes to, like, the sexism thing that people are going to bring up, people are going to say that it's sexist. If... We still call Kevin Durant cupcake. Like, we still talk about LeBron choking in the finals. We still talk about about people like Patrick Mahomes. Like, his entire offensive line is going to be a joke for, like, the rest of eternity. People are going to make jokes about that. You don't get to choose how people think of you. Yes. And... The ultimate strength, the ultimate courage is taking that, accepting it, understanding that you don't have control over it, and then moving on because if you dwell on it, it will be like Kevin Durant's like the prime example. Kevin Durant's like creating burner accounts on Twitter and Instagram and like going back and forth with fans. He's the most insecure and soft-skinned player on the face of the planet, and that's how people now know him. If you're Simone Biles, I like the one thing, if Simone Biles ever for some reason listened to this, the one thing that I would say do not try to rewrite history because it never works. It never works. It doesn't end well. It always punishes the individual who tries to bend the perception of reality. It's not a good thing, and it's it's a legacy killer. Like, it will destroy your legacy. Don't do it. Yeah, I think we can agree. She quit on her teammates, and that's disappointing. But something a little bit happier. Jackson, we're going to play a little game of fill in the bank. Blah, blank. Dude, that word juxtaposition is scaring me juxtaposition 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 okay so you're gonna juxtapose a single word to the end of a sentence that i'm going to give you we're gonna play a little fill in the blank for those of you that didn't understand what i just said you need a little translation okay first one 
So rumors are that a trade for Ben Simmons will most likely land him in Washington, Miami, or Toronto. The 76ers should deal him and get back what? I would say a future. When he's traded to the Miami Heat, which is a really, really big possibility, they should try and get back Tyler Hero. They should try and get back, and I'm not saying all these players, but like these combinations would work. Um, Kendrick Dunn, or sorry, Kendrick Nunn. Okay. Um, and also, they should attempt to get Trevor Ariza um, so that they have a leader in the locker room, right, who's able to kind of show people who haven't won championships how to do it. Okay. Uh, they should get back. This whole Tyler Hero sucks thing is so weird to me. He had a down year. He's not bad. Like he's he's not bad. Okay. Do I think that this last year was great? No. But he like he's a good player, and so is Kendrick. Like people it's all for the 76ers the problem with trading ben simmons is you are doing a mini blow up right and so unless you are getting something that is going to help you contend right now and unless you're getting damian lillard it's not happening and i don't think they're getting damian lillard then you need to get somebody that can manage the floor and people who can who have already developed but can also provide contributions right now to your team and bring some depth in order to become like a championship team Okay, second one. Next one up. Blank makes the most sense for the Lakers at the Lakers. Wow, dude. Juxtaposition is scaring me every time. It's like I'm just bracing for impact with that word. Blank makes the most sense for the Lakers at point guard this season. Chris Paul. It's going to be good. It would be good chemistry. It would be good in terms of motivating. That was a lot of talent on one team. People who are saying Kyle Lowry, uh, that will end super freaking poorly. That will end so bad. It's, that it, There's a huge, massive difference. Like, it, well, DeMar DeRozan, right? It's very easy to excel in a system where it's built around you two as compared to becoming now a complement to someone else. CP3's game it specifically enables him to adapt to other people's styles yes, of play. Yes, which is so underrated. Better. Right, and I don't think Kyle Lowry has anywhere near that level of adaptability to the Lakers roster. Um, like, the entire Toronto like tenure that he's had has been built around him, DeMar DeRozan, and or Kawhi Leonard, and now Pascal Siakam. Like, there's really... I, I doubt that he would be able to put himself into the Lakers lineup as seamlessly as Chris Paul could. Dude, you get Chris Paul on that team. We're two boys away from that banana boat team. With uh, you just get Dwayne Wade and Mello over there. You Bring get back the, Cody Mello. The banana boat team, bro. We are so close. K, okay. fill in the blank. Concern should be blank with the United States team beating Iran in basketball yesterday. I would say the same. Beating Iran doesn't prove a single thing yep. in the United States. It doesn't. This thing where people are like, Team USA's back. No, the only that this game was all downside. Because if you lost this game, then you're, you're it like what you Iran, like if you lost to Iran, then you have a problem. If you beat Iran, congratulations, you did what you were supposed to do. And I don't care how many points it was by. Like Iran, like uh, people are just so interesting in that like they really do have memory loss past like the three days beforehand. Recency when they bias. And, when when if you look at. Any team they play with, like, significant amounts of NBA players on there, they struggle. Yeah, Iran had literally no one. No, there's no NBA players on that team. And so, congratulations, you beat a team with no NBA players, but the best players on earth. Congrats. Like, there's really no upside to that game. You can't judge it. We'll see when they play another team that actually has NBA talent. 
Yeah, I watched that game. You know what's sad about that game? They won by however many points. I watched it. Even when they were winning, they looked like they were putting in no effort. They looked like they did not care. It was a little disappointing. Okay, most entertaining and underwatched sport in this year's Olympics is blank. The most entertaining and underwatched sport in the Olympics this year was easily table tennis. I don't Ooh. usually... I don't... I've, I've seen, like, clips before. They were nuts. Like, the Japanese, the Koreans, like... People want to talk about dominance and the bit like on and one-on-one -on -one ability. Americans could only dream of achieving the level of proficiency at anything in life the way that the Japanese and Korean teams have achieved proficiency in table tennis. It's insane. They're so fast and it's unbelievable. Um, if you had to like pick something else, I would say swimming. It's actually been like pretty entertaining this year. Um, congrats to everybody who's won so far. But if the, if I had to pick table tennis, easy. Okay. I watched judo today. Never really seen judo before. It's really interesting to watch. It looked like UFC, but way less fun. Um, okay. Right. The Packers make it to blank next season. People are going to hate me for this one. You're going to say the Super Bowl? The round of the playoffs. Oh, dang it. They'll make it, they will make it to the second round of the playoffs, and then they'll get bounced. I'm calling uh, Super this Bowl. This team... The, the over-under on this team is less than it was last year. Wait, what's the over-under? Uh, oh, I've got to look. I'll take a look at it real okay, quick. Okay, sorry. I didn't mean to push it. Here, you keep going. I'm going to look it up. And here's my other thing is that I I get it. Aaron Rodgers wants to give up the narrative that he's doing this for the other, like for his teammates, right? He wants to make sure the veterans get good send-offs and get good contracts. Bringing back Randall Cobb does nothing, right? Like it, it's not a helpful, it's not a helpful move for the Packers at his age it's really not like it's not a it doesn't it's the thing you and I talked about it doesn't inherently make bring the team closer to a championship and so you've got a Aaron Rodgers who's peacing out after this year um and you can tell from the demeanor like especially with like the most recent press conference like he knows he's piecing out and yep. I don't think that you can get an unmotivated player to drag you to the Super Bowl with not as much talent as last year and a worse offensive line I don't understand how you do it I disagree with you completely because I know that I said this yesterday. The only thing more dangerous than an angry pregnant woman is Aaron Rodgers when he pissed off. So I think that they do make it to the Super Bowl, but I digress. Okay, Ohio State quarterback commit Quinn Ewers was thinking of skipping his senior season due to Chase NIL money is blank. Short-sighted. Listen, I, I'm, I'm an individual who is actually not anti-college. That's not the right word, but... I don't think it's for everyone. Okay. I don't like this idea that you, like, if you don't know what you want to do in life, go to college. That's stupid. That's really freaking dumb. Um, but there's a certain baseline of childhood that kids should be allowed to have. And turning kids into commodities their senior year is really, I think it opens a, I think it opens a really dangerous precedent for like other kids it's that it's one thing when you are now a legal adult and you don't want to go to college right which is optional and instead you want to play in the g league and make money that way i don't have a problem with that the idea that a kid's going to skip his senior year of high school and not graduate just so that he could like i mean let's be real about it it's nil money versus nfl money isn't like he can this kid's going to make this kid's going to make, what, like a million dollars at maximum? A million dollars doesn't set you up for life at all in any way, shape, or form, especially in, like, in the economy we're moving into. And so my problem is that you're 
you're banking on these kids becoming superstars in the future without having them finish high school. And if the person, if you, if you at least didn't turn out in college, you you could you played at the college level and so you had connections. If you're a 17 year old and you don't get a high school degree and you flame out, I I just I don't think it's a good idea. I think you come up like you you just turn kids into commodities and I think you really open that door for kids to be exploited. I think you really open that door. Jackson's out here spitting bars today. You said turning NIL and money into NFL money and you said turning kids into commodities. So you just on one today. Okay, it is blank to hear that the NBA is implementing new rules to prevent fouls on non-basketball moves. About time. Like it's it the I I hate the line that people use where they're like, oh, I'm just exploiting, like, holes in the game. I'm playing the game. I'm just finding new ways to play no, it. You're not. There's a, there's a spirit of the game. And when people – it's one thing to draw fouls. That's one thing. Going up with no intention of even attempting to make the basket because you find it easier to shoot free throws than to actually score – like, it's just – it slows the game down a whole lot and makes it boring um, – it really penalizes people just because NBA refs like wear blindfolds at all times. Classic. They it it's not possible to play good defense when you're playing James Harden. It it doesn't matter how good your defense is because of the way that he plays the game. It's impossible for him to do anything that doesn't end with him getting to the foul line. And so I I'm okay with people finessing others and getting fouled and then like. Putting, like getting an end one, there's fouls are always going to be a part of the game. But the problem is when you don't play the game to score and you play the game to be at the free throw line, you slow it down, you create a worse product that less people want to watch. And the NBA has lost like lost viewers like for consecutive years for a really long time. And I don't think, I, I think it's become apparent. It's become apparent now that the NBA, to a degree, does not care. Like that. That's the that's the biggest thing is that. The fact that it took you this many years, like, what's the earliest flopper, like, iconic flopper that you remember? Probably LeBron when he played for the Heat. Right, and it's been that many years. Like, he went back to Cleveland and then went to the Lakers, and they haven't addressed this. And, like, he's not the first one, but he was one of the most prominent, and now it's common. Almost every single team has a player that does this, and I just don't like it. I can ride with that. Okay, you got three more. Damian Lillard is a blank of who next season? Really short, really sweet answer. He's going to be a trailblazer. I don't like – Damian Lillard is not a drama person to me. You're right. Um, in the way that other people are. Damian Lillard also cares about legacy. He doesn't want to be the person who, like, jumps he, – he doesn't want the Kevin Durant label. And so I just think at the end of the day, he's going to give him a year, right? He's going to give Chauncey Billups a year and see how it works out. And I don't think he's going to go anywhere. Okay. I like it. I'd like to see him again. I'd like to see him in Philly, but we'll see what happens. Xavier Howard wanting to be traded out of Miami tells you blank. Executives have executives are frustrating to players, and it's because here's here's the problem: is that he has the most interceptions. He had the most interceptions last year in the NFL. He's you can make an argument for him being like the best corner in the NFL. You can make an argument for that. Okay. And dude's not highest paid, and there are people who are definitely not on his level that are paid higher than he is. I'm I'm sorry. Like it's a pretty simple open and shut case. There are people who are not as good as him that are making more money, and some of those people are on that roster. I, oh. I just think, I think at the end of the day, like it's a pretty simple argument. He's the best, so he should be paid like the best. I think it's pretty simple. Okay. 
Okay, last one. With all the draft capital the Thunders possess, they should blank. For the next two years, they should draft really good talent, and everything after that, they should trade and get good and get people who are going to be locker room presence, like that are going to be a locker room presence that are going to get people to compete. I don't like this whole Philadelphia 76ers suck for a decade and then like maybe get to the Eastern like the Eastern Finals. Like I don't, I don't think it's a good idea. I don't think it works very well. I think it takes too long. Um, I think again, low them I to agree with Colin Cowherd, but when you're a team, when you're a city who hasn't won in a minute. Cash in, and this is my frustration with the Jazz. Go all in, win it this year, and that will do more than being really good but never winning a finals for eight years. Like, who cares? Like, go and win a championship and get it done. Especially if you're Oklahoma City. Dude, it's in the middle of nowhere, and they might get moved back to the Supersonics. Like, get yourself a championship. Go and do it. So, so in this segment that I built, the idea was that there was no wrong answer. It was whatever you wanted to say. But the last one that you gave, I will say that there is a wrong answer because I have the right answer. You want to know what it is? Always. You do? Look, do you, know, do you realize that the city of Boston owned Brooklyn for like the last 12 years because of what they did when they traded the big three over there? They're still reaming draft picks because of it. And you want to know who that's because of? The one and only Danny Ainge. And guess what? Homeboy doesn't have a job right now. So if you are the Thunder, look, nobody wants to move to Oklahoma City. No one. Oklahoma's, yes. Oklahoma is what it is. You, this is what you do. The world, everybody lives on Zoom now. You just say, look, we want to hire you as a consultant. You tell us what to do with our draft picks. You turn us into what the Boston Celtics were because he had a falling out with them. I bet you they could get him to just come on Zoom a little bit, pick out some players. They draft. He does a lot of trades for them. He basically just becomes an assistant to the GM, and he gets Oklahoma City right back on track because he literally, I mean, he built the, the house in Boston with all of the draft picks that he accumulated. My problem, just really shortly with that, is that Danny Ainge's track record is that one success. It, it's like it's like Dark Rivers, but he that did it for like success. ten years. Well, he he had that one success, and then he the rest of it has been him accumulating assets that are good. In fact, even great, but not champions. And that's my thing. He he he'll Danny Ainge. The thing with Danny true, Ainge but is you're Oklahoma never- City, bro. You're just worried about getting to the playoffs at this point. Well, that's 100% correct, and that's and my thing is that if you're Oklahoma City and you have all that capital, like th- that's a championship level of like treasure chest. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You could parlay all that stuff into a championship, and I think that you do that rather than do this thing where you're like, I just, I don't like it when people go the Utah Jazz route and they're just like, we're going to be like really competent for a really long time, but we're not going to actually like compete and convert. It's like. Because at the end of the day, even like this last season, right, the Jazz were good, but nobody actually ever seriously considered them an NBA title threat. And I just think, win now. Especially if you're a small, if you're a big franchise and you've always been traditionally good, then keep up the tradition. If you haven't always been an amazing franchise, be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, cash in, win now. Do, do, it, for your, do it for your fan base. Because they've uh, been really patient since Kevin Durant left. That's fair. Well, that is going to wrap us up for today. Thank y'all for listening to the podcast. We really, really, really appreciate it. We will be back with you soon, and uh, y'all have a good one.